As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Everybody, I should uh, have got a drum roll or something or an impending doom music going. Anyway, you're making too much noise. Now. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat, brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on-demand. Learn more at directtv.com. I am Nick Weinberger, along with Brendan Quinn, and we are a week away, possibly, from, I believe, Brendan, the biggest showdown in this here oh, rivalry yeah. since 1964, I think is the date. The last time... I believe that's the date, the last time these two teams met as top ten opponents or this deep into the season undefeated. One of the two, I don't know the exact stat, first time something big like this has happened since 1964. <laughs> How are we doing? Let's go. Okay. We might have to change up the intro well, it song. Happened for, yet, for, but yeah, right. Anyway, go ahead. We might have to change up the intro song for the next week or two. We can't be having the man of constant sorrow with two undefeated football <laughs> somebody, teams around here. I commented on that on the iTunes. The iTunes thing, I think. Oh, they said to change They're the song. Like, the yeah, song is too depressing. I'm like, well, sorry. I, you were in the wrong corner of the internet, my friend. <laughs> it it, it kind of fits the show if you haven't picked up on that. But anyway, Michigan State this, gets through this, it. This is not a podcast as much as it's just Nick <laughs> and I just bitch and moan at each other. And, uh, it's an airing of grievances. We should record the conversations we have before the Ooh, show. Probably and, not. And publish that. That would, uh, that would get some ratings. <laughs> probably not. In any Shit. event, Michigan was off, of course, as you know. Michigan State gets through it. Uh, a game that we talked about that was going to be a challenge for the Spartans on the road like that, but also one that, uh, you know, they're able to do <clears throat> just enough to get by, which I think is, you know, an impressive sign from a team that's not playing its best football, uh, but also finds a way to get through it. So they're still undefeated. They've got the week to... Prepare for Michigan. Michigan's got Northwestern on Saturday, and then we'll see what happens here. But both teams remain in a good spot. Did you catch the uh, part? I did. I did. I was out and about. I was uh, I was consuming uh, adult beverages, so there was no tweeting from me or any 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 fun online. But no, I was not on the golf course. I was watching the game with some friends, and uh, yeah, it looked like 
I'll tell you what. In the first half of that game, it I thought it boiled down to the the question that has I feel like circled the season for both teams a little bit. Where I'm watching them play Indiana, and I just turn to uh, Max Boltman was mm-hmm. there. I turn to Max, and I go, Max, is this is this team good? I have no idea. <laughs> Because it wasn't pretty football, right? It's just not a good game. They just, no one looked good. And then you're like, well, at the same time, they're undefeated. They're ranked in the top 10 in the country. I guess they're good. But that it very much epitomized, I thought, that just kind of like before any – like no one has jumped off the diving board yet, I yeah, feel like, for either team point. being like, <laughs> this team is a playoff contender. Like they are yeah. clearly one of the such-and-such such best teams in the country. Like no one is there yet. On either of them. And watching that game, I just kind of had that that sinking uh, feeling of like, how much of this is uh, how much of this is real? How much of this is a matter of circumstances and, yeah. and coincidences and all these interesting little weird yeah, things that can happen in a college football yeah. what's season? The pie, right. What's the pie chart looking like there? Because you, know yeah. you know it's a mixture of all of them, and it really is mm-hmm. for both. And that's the great question. And it's like, if they both end up undefeated and go into this game in that in that sense, I think it's like, you know, maybe we find that answer. Maybe that's the ultimate answer that we find in that one. It's like, which one is a little less pretend than the other? And I think that that's probably where we're at here because when we look at both teams, as we've continued to do, they're very similar. I think Michigan State's game against Indiana was very similar to what we watched when Michigan played, and it, probably even more impressive in this case because uh, it was on the road, but when we watched Michigan play Rutgers at home and kind of had mm-hmm. to slog through it and figure it out in a game that, you know, I think we talked about the time. Like they probably would have lost in a, in a previous season, um, and leaned on each other and pulled it out. This was that for Michigan State. They had a little magic. You know, you got the quarterback pass on the sideline. You got, you know, you're not going to get that every game. That's fine. But I think that you know they talked a little bit about, hey, nobody waited on the 90 yard play to save us. They, right. they weren't waiting on. You know, that was an, a magic play, of course, but it wasn't like the difference, I guess, necessarily in the game. It was a bunch of little things that they did and executed well and kind of grinded through it. And I look at both teams and I just said, you know, they, they feel exactly in the same spot to me again. Like, I think the talent mm-hmm. difference, there's a talent difference. I still think Michigan has a little bit more talent in terms of depth, but I don't know that it has more in terms of, you know, what you're going to see out there in the 11 on 11 and the guys are going to play when it matters. And I think both coaching staffs are really good. So I look at both sides and I'm like, there's still a lot of that, like, who is a who's more fraud than real? Because both neither of these teams are Alabama or Ohio State. I think we can. I right. Have, I have no problem saying that. Um, but like, which one of these teams is maybe the team that's going to give Ohio State a problem? Possibly, right? Does one of those does a team here have that? I don't know. Maybe and maybe that's something we learn uh, here in this rivalry game, which would be fun for a change instead of having to just talk about like. Bullshit. That doesn't matter. Yes. 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 Yeah. Exciting. Could be worse, Nick. You, Nick, you could be covering. You know, I don't know, Washington State. Oh my God. Wow, that'd be weird. (laughs) That would be weird. I'd probably retire. (laughs) (laughs) That would be one that would be up there, but we'll get to the the, we'll get to the silly stuff here in a second. uh, We still have. Well, so you, uh, I liked your I liked your play here. Mm -hmm. First of all. No one cares about Michigan Northwestern. Yeah, we only shit. care about this other game. So let's just act like that game isn't even happening. And you've already published sorry, not sorry. Your, your breakdown of how Michigan State can beat Michigan. Right. Uh, 
clearly showing your bias by not well, I told them publishing uh, your how Michigan can be. Michigan, I'm not hearing it. Your bias is Michigan's coming through. On, got a game play. this week. I don't want to bullshit. I'll, I'll get to them next week. We'll do it again. I'll do it. I'll do both sides. Fucking but, Sparty <laughs> Nick over here. They're on by. It's just worked out schedule wise. <laughs> no, but uh, I read it this morning and uh, I thought it was really, really interesting. And, and uh, like because it's like I'm going to be watching the Michigan game. Yeah. I feel like thinking about right. the stuff that you talked about in, in that story, right? right? Like, what is Northwestern doing, right, to to do those things that Michigan State's going to try to mm-hmm. address? Um, do you want to walk through some of the things that you yeah, uh, I mean, you keyed on in that piece? I, and everyone, if you're not subscribed to read it, then uh, yeah, give it a look. turn off the podcast because you <laughs> you're a freeloader at this. Point. This is a package deal. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Nick. I mean, I think Michigan State really, it's its not rocket science or anything else. It's a, its its similar to the recipe that we've seen, you know, in past years, although it's its more challenging, I think, this year because Michigan's better on defense from, like, a logical standpoint. But I think Michigan State really has personnel um, in some areas that can give Michigan problems, and that's the guys up front in the middle of the defense. Slade, uh, Simeon Barrow, Slade and Barrow are the two guys really the, the, the biggest, like, whoa, you know, when when you turn the tape on. And Slade has been that way for a good three years. But you also have Jalen Hunt. You have Maverick Hansen. you got the guys on the edge. Um, their front is good enough, I think, to give Michigan's guards and Vistardis a long day, uh, you know, if nothing else. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if good enough to, like, dominate the game or control the game, but it's good enough, I think, to make their life really, really hard. And if you make the middle of Michigan's offensive line's life harder than it already is, which it's already pretty tough. That's a really good, that's a really good line. It's going to force, you know, that sideline into Michigan sideline into making that decision. Do you go away from your fastball or do you get mad about it and try to throw the damn thing by him again? Like, and we Mm -hmm. have seen this before, you know, and I wrote in there, like some Michigan fans would probably say, that's a good thing. Get him out of the fastball, send him out to the edge. We don't always see that. If Michigan State's got the guys, I think, defensively to make Michigan's quarterback, whoever it is, if it's McNamara the whole way or if you rotate, whatever, make the quarterback play the game from the pocket. And if they do that, this is typically a long-ass day for Michigan. If that quarterback has to stand in the pocket and play on third and seven, it does not work out well for Michigan against Michigan Mm -hmm. State. And I think personnel-wise, that's the cleanest way to do it here. Offensively, they've got... You know, Thorne has been so good on play action this year. Michigan's corners are still suspect down the field. You know, Walker doesn't have to, I think, have a crazy-ass day for Michigan State okay. to win this game. I don't think he does, but that all, that means Thorne has to be great and the defensive front has to be elite. If those things happen, How big of it? Yeah, I think you can – a couple different ways you can slice a cat or a skin a cat there. How big, of an, how big is the bye week advantage? For state having a having a full whatever it'll be twelve days to prepare for this game, whereas like Michigan, you know, I'm sure they've got staff members right breaking down yeah, yeah, state yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that. But I think, but like they still have a game to play. I think it's it's a it's a positive for them, but not maybe necessarily the greatest of positives. And we'll see, I guess, after the Northwestern game, because Michigan had a bye last week, and you know Harbaugh said on his radio show yesterday, I think that it's possible they get everybody back that they were dinged up. You know, they didn't have any... I mean, they've got some guys out for the year, but it's possible mm-hmm. that anybody who is, like, sore or dinged up or whatever is back healthy Saturday. So you're back to start of the season health. 
And if you're Michigan State, this is the chance where maybe you can get back to that too with some cases, right? Where it's like you can get back mm-hmm. to close as you can to where you were at the start of the season. So I think it, if nothing else, it puts you on even standing. I thought about that yesterday, actually, with the bye, where it was like if one team ha- – I've seen this game before where one team has the bye going into it and then one team has the bye coming out of it. And I always feel like yeah. the team that has the bye coming into it has the advantage – Though I've seen Michigan lose that and Michigan State win it <laughs> because they were just better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's in a game like this, I feel like both teams having that by close to the game is a big deal. And we'll see how a Michigan gets through the game here Saturday with, with health and everything else. But um, maybe a small advantage for Michigan State just because it's right there. But I think it's not huge just because both teams are kind of in the same spot. So we'll see. I think they're both in decent ish. Health overall, it hasn't been like a total disaster. Some guys have had some, you know, some injuries have happened that have been unfortunate, of course, but nothing too bad. This is pretty unique, man. I don't know. I yeah. can't think of too many times, you know, over the years. 2015 is one, and that's the one that everybody talks about the punt snap. Um, but that was a hell of a game, and that was not two undefeated teams. So even if Michigan loses Saturday, I think this is right. still an interesting ass game. So. We'll see. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, qu- question. Uh, yesterday, I was sitting around transcribing for much of the day and uh, just checked in on Twitter a few times and saw the hubbub, right, about the kickoff time. Yeah, okay. And the I uh, what I found was this was a very, it seemed to me like a very good example of when, like, Twitter it can become its own echo chamber to be like, I can't believe everyone's reacting to this kickoff time where I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm actually seeing people freak out about the kickoff time. I think we're all just telling ourselves that people are freaking out about the kickoff time. That's what happened, yes. But I don't see, I don't see people, people are not protesting in the streets. (laughs) People are not issuing statements. Like what? I think that. Where is, I think. Where's. (laughs) I think some Michigan State fans, as they're wont to do around this time of year, um, I did see a couple. If the game was in Ann Arbor, it would have been at night. And I was like, "Oh, you're probably right. You're probably right. It probably would have been at night. It probably would have been at night. Does not need to be at night. It doesn't need to be at night. This game does not need to be at night. And it has Michigan's a bigger, (laughs) a bigger national brand for ESPN, Fox, and ABC, or whatever. It's the television Mm -hmm. stuff. That's what it is. It has nothing to do with the schools." That's what I would say. I mean, I don't think anybody was that upset about it. I agree with you. But if you're going to be mad, be mad at the league for selling out. It's Because I, I did see Michigan State fans say, like, this should be a showcase for the program. You should be able to have this game on at night. 
uh, and show people on the West Coast Michigan State football undefeated at night against its biggest rival with a great crowd. You know, like, that's what they were bummed about. And I understand. Some people were bummed about tailgating, too, which I guess I get that. But, like, you know, and the people that were like, if it was in Ann Arbor, it would have been at night. My answer to that is maybe it would have been because the networks care more about Michigan than they do Michigan State. There's no other way to say that. I don't know how else to look at it. The Big Ten gave the networks, when they took that billion-dollar television deal, they gave the networks full control of that. So, I mean, these the networks draft the games. 100%. The networks care right. about right. Uh, viewership numbers, and that is it. There's nothing else. They don't care about butts in the seats. They don't care about ticket sales. They care about what you watch and when you watch it on television. So, like, the biggest TV draws, and in that case, I, I would say probably Penn State and Ohio State is going to get more eyeballs than Michigan and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why it's at night. I mean, it's just how the schedule fell. And so... Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the deal. I, I do think that if the Big Ten had a say, more of a say, then, you know, maybe this was 15 years ago, then I think, yeah, then Michigan State and Michigan would have been the marquee game. Whatever you slot that would have been at the time, you know, that would have been it. But It's like a 3.30. 3.30. And, I, you know, I mean, right. like, Fox has done its best to make that noon slot a bigger deal. I guess, but like big big noon, big, isn't that what they call it? Or Saturday, they have a show. You know, like, they they bring in a whole. Dude, wait, do they do a guest picker? I don't know. Who is Fox? Who is Fox picker. gonna have? Who is Fox gonna have well, as a guest, a guest picker? picker? My guess, my guess would be Whitmer. On Fox, I don't think so. <laughs> my guess would be uh, Bill Shooting. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they do a guest picker. They might, but I uh-huh, remember if they do. Uh-huh. Uh, but either way. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel your pain there. I had one guy tell me, you know, I want this night. I, you know, I, I work on Saturdays, man. I'm dying here. You know, like, oh, mm. that sucks. But um, I don't know. It will. It schools. will make it a lot easier and more likely for us to rec- record a pod after that game. I will say that. Well, it makes our lives way easier every time. Which is, I wish these games were. Which seven. is important. That's why when I told sure you to when I, I had the fake Twitter account guy out there, somebody. Uh, that was great. made a fake Twitter account of me and I, was, I told, they said 7.30 was the kickoff and I was like, a real fake Twitter account would have said, of me, would have said 7.30 a.m. <laughs> kickoff because if we could have got that bad boy over by uh, brunch, that would have been great. <laughs> but! And we, uh, I will say, there are uh, sources oh, here we sources go. <laughs> of the sources of the podcast are saying oh, that that fake tweet was being shared Amongst high-ranking officials <laughs> at one of the institutions, and was seen by many regents, and was and was thought to be real among some of the highest-ranking people at the school, which is no spec <laughs> fucking tacular. No comment. Any Amazing. I think people were a little too bored on their Monday there. Maybe huh? Michigan coming <laughs> off a bye and Michigan State entering a bye. No one knew what to do with themselves. You're usually charged up mm-hmm. on that Monday morning, right? Like ready to oh, yeah. ready to fight someone online. No one knew what to do. I hey, mean, this hey, next this? couple, this week and a half is going to be, yeah, be wild. Hey, but what about this? What this, if Michigan loses yeah. on Saturday, and oh, you boy. get a seven and zero, number two or three Michigan State playing a six and one number fifteen Michigan, Michigan State favored by a touchdown or six or something. What do you Oof. What do you think? How do you think that go? How do you think the fans are handling that? Uh. God, I want I mean, to. That would just, be entertaining. That's even more toxic than this. Yeah, that, than this possible be, scenario. No one would know what to do with themselves. Michigan fans would unload, <laughs> unload. 
don't screw it up. Don't, you know, like, oh my God. It would be complete role reversal of all of those other times. Don't screw it up. Oh. You'd have people out there writing that Mel Tucker's coaching for every job in the country that's coming available. Do well, we want to talk about Mel? Well, that was a good, we do have a lot of questions today. And I think that I wanted to talk about Mel, yes. And I'm going to use one of our questions here to, uh, okay. to open us up. So I thought it was a good one. I got a DM from uh, Pete, a uh, longtime listener uh, of the show, who says, with the talk about Mel Tucker being a top candidate at LSU, of course, Coach Orgeron there. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a minute. Can you talk about the mm-hmm. financial standing within the Michigan State Athletic Department? Uh, on one of the episodes this summer, you guys mentioned uh, how the new athletic director would walk into a difficult financial situation. If this is still the case, can Michigan State afford to keep Tucker, if LSU, and I would add, or someone else, not Pete's words, mine, comes calling? Because I think that's a good question. So, so this is this is someone named Pete asking about a question hinting at Mel for the LSU job. Would this be no, no, it's not Maravich? No, not Pete Maravich, not Pete Thamel, <laughs> not anyone, not anyone. Uh, just a regular, regular Joe here. Okay, it's just Pete. <laughs> yeah. Just, just our, just our buddy Pete. So that is. Um, an interesting question, I think. It is. Michigan it is. State experience. And I got the story pulled up here. Matt Wenzel from MLive documented all this from back in, uh, looks like May or somewhere in there. Uh, Beekman had said, you know, $80 million decrease in revenue, which was offset by uh, $50 million saved in expenses. Uh, $4.5 million in testing from... That $50 million was saved by cutting swimming and diving, I'm sure. <laughs> so you got that. Able to reserve... <laughs> Uh, he says we were able to we were able to expand reserves to about twenty four million, which gets us down to a ten million dollar loss. I expect that our COVID related text, testing expenses will be covered through pass through money from the federal government, which gets us down to a loan of between five and six million to cover that loss. Michigan State had to take a loan, a federal government loan, to cover a loss. So this is not a terrific financial situation. I I don't know what this looks like in two or three years. And I think that there are unanswered questions right now, possibly. I don't know all the details, but I just know what we've seen. And it's like these schools that have the massive mega budgets were going to be able to sort of withhold or withstand the blow that COVID gave. And the schools like Michigan State, which do not have, I mean, they have a pretty damn big budget, but it's not like in the billions, right? So uh, it's going to be a challenge. And I think that this is an interesting question. I mean, if Mel Tucker gets offered like seven or eight million dollars by a school, I I do not think Michigan State can pay that. Right. So, all right. But let's first of all ignore all the obvious jokes of uh, Michigan State athletics being bailed out by the federal government okay. and not go down those roads. Okay. But we won't go down those the roads. Um, the notion of and it's not just LSU, right? This yeah. could be USC. It could be any other school that opens up that is willing. Like there could be a lot of them. Throw. Yeah. To throw right top ten, top fifteen money at Mel. Yeah. Right. So you're talking six, seven, maybe eight. Who fucking knows anymore? I mean, this is just it's insane right. anymore. So um what like what's Franklin making? Seven, eight, something like that? Just I don't think madness. he's up there yet, but I think for, that's what he's someone who hasn't made a playoff. I think that's right? what he's probably looking for in this next uh, But any anyway, um the I think when it comes to I think he's at six, somewhere in there. The idea of um, a school in this situation uh, financially, which a lot of schools are in rough financial overall situations because of COVID and any other number of things. 
um, coaches buyouts, for instance. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like if if Michigan State's in a situation of having to match it, this comes down to not raising the money collectively. Yeah, you'd have but to this be, is yeah. this might be one. This is one or two people deciding whether they do this or not. Okay, right. it's gonna take it's gonna take seven and a half to keep him. All right, well, Gilbert. Every year, what do you want to do? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, and that's the thing. It, it's it's it, it is. It takes kind of fine. It's it's its own capital campaign to raise the type of money for something earmarked for that that number. That's how I understand yes. it. At least when it comes to something like this, um, you know, they're not going to cut another program to pay. You know, you would hope not. At they least that's not once, the plan. But so. maybe may, you know, but. But if it's if it comes down to you know some billionaire willing to do it for the alma mater, yeah, I I, I think that's what it give them fifty kind of boils down to. I mean, like that's right. Probably, I mean, probably what you're looking at because there also is going to be a point where even if you can come up with that money to match, um, you know, a salary like that to someone, if you're if you're dealing with a school, if you're negotiating against a school that has bottomless pockets, which I don't know if LSU has bottomless pockets. I, I, I can't tell you. They're just paying Ed Orgeron $17 million to get out of here. I think they paid less. I mean, that place is a mess. A mess, okay? And being investigated for from all, all the different people angles. telling you how great Scott Woodward's job is that he's got to give. It's not, it, okay, whatever. That's a different deal. So I don't know if they're a bottomless pocket team, but if you're dealing with that, you're not only dealing with matching the salary, you're also dealing with matching the... They're going to give me a practice facility. They're going to give me extra money for, you know, re- recruiting stuff. They're going to give me this. They're going to give me that. They're going to give me all this other stuff. And there's only so much you can promise him. You know, like, I think they're almost kind of maxed out. I think they kind of had to max that out to get him here. It, that's what mm-hmm. it felt like to me, you know? And it's just like, I don't know. I think you're going to be able to come up with us. I would think you'd be able to come up with money to make a pretty competitive offer salary-wise for Mel Tucker. I don't know if you'll right. be able to come up with a, enough money to make a full, you know, if we're talking like if USC or somebody gets a hair, you know, it says we want Mel Tucker, we're going at him, right? Buddy, <laughs> like, then it's going to have to come down to at some point Mel Tucker, you can you can take care of his salary, but I think a decision would have to be made by him on like, do you want to be here or do you want more money somewhere else? And that's probably what you're looking at. I mean, I don't know how grand a deep-seated tie he has to Michigan State. Um, he wasn't even their, fir- their first swing in this last Correct. coaching search. Um, people can say whatever they want about that. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. It's a very interesting situation. Now, they just hired Alan Haller. You know, I mean, like, I, I think he and Mel Tucker get on pretty well, right? Like, I think they seem to job. And Alan was part of the process that hired him. He was in the room when... Mel made his pitch, uh, you know, about what he wanted to do at Michigan State and everything else, or at least on the phone or whatever it was. So, you know, like, maybe that's working for you. Maybe Mel says, look, I've been moving around a lot. Like, I like Allen. I like being here. I like the spot that we're at. Maybe that at some point, if money gets, if you can get me close on my salary, I'll I'll look the other way on this practice facility or whatever, and I'll sure. make it work. D'Antonio sort of did that, I think, a couple times, or at least once. I think mm-hmm. somebody came in kicked the tires on him once, if I remember right. And he sort of said, you know, and it was like, they gave, they gave him a raise, took care of his staff, and he said, I'll take care of the rest. You know, like that was right. the decision he made. And I I don't think anyone would have, should have begrudged him if he made the other decision to say, no, I want to go chase the money. And and I think for Mel Tucker, ultimately, that's what you'll see here is 
if he gets approached yeah. and if he ta- and maybe he says I don't want to do any of it I don't care that's the other he could say I don't want any of it I don't know I'm staying here I don't care that's also something in theory he could do but right. logic tells us and evidence says over the years you know smart people usually explore opportunities okay so like well you know, yeah I and think. the you know there's a there's a longevity element to this yeah. too where it's you know Mel's building something. I, Job yeah. security is a hard thing to find. Damn hard. And, you know, Damn right hard. now he would have a ton of it. He would have a... He's got he it, told, right? Loaded told up. all these people, no, are you shitting me, man? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, buddy. you know, you go to... You go to... Izzo, get you know, the hell look, out of the way. Even, I don't Mel even think he's... I don't even think he's going to be offered LSU. I don't even think it's going to get to that. But, it, say... All hell breaks loose, right? Some oil man gives Jimbo Fisher $15 million a year to stay at A&M. And Mark Stoops decides he doesn't want to leave Kentucky and blah, blah, blah. And it gets to Mel. Um, it's a good chance you're fired in two years at LSU. It's a tough job, man. There's like a 50-50 chance. You're, like, you go back and like Les Miles is the outlier when he was there for 11 years. And I was looking at their kind of coaching stints yesterday. Every coach there, other than like... Les basically has been there, was there for like three years. And it, unless it was Saban leaving, everyone else basically got fired. Saban lost like 20 something games there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like he's the best mm-hmm. college football coach in the history of the sport. And he left LSU. I mean, right. like, not for nothing, I can't imagine. I don't know all the details there. It's a hard job. But. We'll also say that. But you can win national championships. Mel Tucker is a driven fucking guy. And right. I do think that he. I don't think he limits himself ever at anything at all. I don't. I don't I don't know Mel Tucker like super well, but I don't get the sense that he limits himself or or looks at things necessarily like that. He might, like you're saying, right? Because he's a smart guy. He might. And say, like, mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. security. But I also think that there's something in there on him that's a little bit of that, you know, he's worked with Saban, he's worked with some of the best guys, and I think he's like, I think I'm one of the best guys. I think I could go to one of those jobs and hang for 10 years. And I leave sure. and I want to leave. Like that, I sure. think Mel Tucker thinks he can be that person. And um, I think he's pretty eager to show that because I think Mel Tucker thinks he got overlooked a lot for the last 10 years by right. a lot of people. And I think that there's something there. I think there's something there that I wouldn't totally extinguish. But I also think he sort of, you know, it's a delicate situation because it's like, like you said, I mean, he he's not dumb. I mean, he knows what that would mean if he finishes a really good year here, tells someone like LSU no, <laughs> and stays. Right. You would be uh, ballyhooed pretty, pretty good here for a long, long time. Mondays with Mel, they'd get you. They'd get you a damn room for it if you if you wanted it, buddy. Like they try to figure it out. I, you know, like I don't know, but you know that's it depends on what's what he wants. I think that that's only for him to know. I think this is truly one where no one will know. It'll be I think his, his call. I also think everyone's paying too much attention to the LSU job. I don't think that's yeah, the threat. I, I, you shouldn't do that. It, it's it, this is going to be, I think, a pretty big cycle because last year didn't happen. Yeah. So we talked about that all year. This is going to be a big one. There's going to be a lot of jobs that come open this year. I think that. Probably jobs that we don't even aren't thinking about today um, at all that will come open. And look already, it's what, LSU, um, USC. USC. Uh, is there one more? Am I missing one? Washington State. Washington open. State just came open. So, okay. Well, I mean, you know, that just, you know, and that's, that's going to change. And you've got LSU and USC, which are the 
big time jobs they're going to take from a big power five school you would think right that's going to open and other stuff might come open yeah. right i mean Vatech might come open miami might come miami is another right? one you, would you know think like coming open, yeah. there's it's going to get it's going to get wild here probably sooner i don't know what later. the hell nebraska's doing um, you know like there's another one right goes, right so a lot of places like that, yeah. But yeah, you know, all those dominoes start to fall. But you're right; it starts at the top when, when the some, big yeah. jobs open up. You know, I can see some hard resets something, happening something, this year. Don't you think? Something crazy happens with you know, uh, what's his nuts at a. Uh, at Ohio State, he decides to hop ship right. NFL. Yeah. Right now, that comes open. Now all hell breaks loose. Right, you've got th- three of the eight premier jobs in the country I, I, open, I, and you know, I got. I don't know this. <laughs> I'm not you know saying this based on anything, but I just. Re- looking at everything here and putting it on the floor in front of you, like this could be a interesting. There could be some hard resets happening here this year. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to do it last year, so anybody that was on the you know, and everybody spent all that time getting your kids, just get them through the year, just help them get through the year, and we'll worry about next year, next year. Well, next year's here, <laughs> so like right. I do think that this is going to be pretty wild. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Don't just fixate on LSU. Um, and understand that this is just going to happen. I mean, this is just going to happen. Michigan State is the only... I used to tell you this. It's the only Power 5 school I know of consequence that really competes in football and basketball that has not had to go through something like this in the last 25 years. Sure. It's. I mean, Saban is the only one. I guess and since mm-hmm. Saban. Since that. I shouldn't say that. Since him. Because he's a big one. But like... D'Antonio... Was like I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Every single time, and Izzo has been. I mean, Izzo's flirted, but he ain't going anywhere. Izzo has. I mean, that's Izzo's crazy. like turned down jobs that people don't even know right. about. You talked to Evelyn about that. You like, know, I mean, right. a lot right. of jobs. Right. Um, right. In in years that you would be surprised to learn. So like, this mm-hmm. is not normal. And I think that you know, I I got the sense that some people were conditioned a little bit to be like, oh, whoa, what the hell? And it's like, hey, it's 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 normal ish. It's not the end right. of the world, but it's going to happen, and it's going to have to be something that you have to deal with. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not nothing either, and it needs to be sort of monitored and looked at, I think, as you go forward. Yeah. Do you think you would be interested in Miami? I don't know. Yeah, I, I that would be a hard one. I, I wouldn't. I, Michigan State's a better job than Miami, as we've discussed, as we've been told yeah. by, by Mike. That's... I don't think Mel. It's just if you if you're an elite recruiter, Miami has to be a hard place to turn down. It would be like that's 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 the yeah. Order, but if you're in a spot you know? like Mel Tucker right now, I still I, I feel like he's still sort of like I want. I'm still trying to prove myself. I don't know if Miami's the job. If I'm him, that I want right now to have to like mess with all the stuff. I would have wanted that job if I were him like four years ago. <laughs> like not right now. You right. know what I mean? Like right. at this stage in his career, he took the job. This was sort of his Miami. He took that job to help it fix it. Now you make the decision mm-hmm. about whether you want to ride it out in it or, you know, go to a greener uh, sort of pasture. And, and the greener pastures mm-hmm. we're talking about here are very are limited. Uh, you know, I don't think that there's a ton of jobs that he's going to be, like, beating down the door. I don't think he's going to shut the phone off because I don't think he's stupid. But, like, there's just not that many places that, that could offer a better situation, I don't think. You know, like, there's that list is not that what? big. What about... Uh, it does exist, though. Would he listen... What about when the Jaguars call? Yeah, see, I don't think that's happening. No NFL, I don't think the NFL... <laughs> I'm kidding. 
I'm kidding. That's actually a good one because like we hear that a lot. Like I think I think and you, there's a load off if you're a Michigan State fan, right? Like I think that uh-huh. Tucker is an as a college coach. He's a perfect college coach for what people are looking for right now. So only worry about uh-huh. that cycle. You don't have to worry about the February through March coaching cycle, which is the NFL one, which just destroys all of college football. It's amazing. Oh my god. Just blows it up. It just blows it up. Anyway. How about Urban getting his first win? Are you proud of him? Yeah. Did not look good. He got he got his first win while rumors of a po- possible third video I were saw. were were swirling. I said there was probably some Did you see uh a joke about some pints out there? Yeah, there was uh, one of the guys from the No Laying Up podcast put it put it out there and it has since been picked up by various websites. One of them minute, Bro wait. Bible. What's this third video? Yes. Then? About there's apparently a third video that has been squashed in, by in the same bar or like somewhere else. I believe so. oh. I, th- I I don't I don't know. This is not my reporting. You know, people can go look it up. What <laughs> friends they of want, the podcast but have reported. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it got it's gotten picked up. This oh, this, my. this he just tweeted it and it has now been picked up by various. I like how the uh, wire now is Bro Bible and Barstool. That's our Bro Bible. <laughs> That's our but they linked wire. they linked to a. Uh, they linked to the profile of No Laying Up that I wrote last year, and that? I'm I'm so I got aggregated by Bro Bible. It was a really a career top, highlight. I'm pretty sure it garnered more attention from my idiot friends back home than anything else I've done in my career. <laughs> Is there a third video? <laughs> no, they're like uh, Bre- 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 Brendan got aggregated by Bro Bible. Check this out, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, we're on the come up here, deal. boys. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Well, the chaos continues. Uh, we do have a lot of questions. We'll get into more Michigan-Michigan State rivalry talk next week, of course. Uh, Michigan will have a game. And uh, we'll probably have to find a time to get um, Colton and Austin on here, maybe. Uh, sure, sure. Maybe do an extra show somewhere in there. I think we've been asked maybe to do some show extra shows. Maybe a show after the game there, uh, one way or the other. Maybe a little show after the game. Maybe if a bar owner would be interested in us uh, coming in, oh, maybe doing go. a live show next week, we would we would entertain the thought. Maybe hook up a YouTube stream or something. We, uh, we something. We've put zero thought into setting something like that up, but if anyone's interested in it, we might listen. So, we'll load that up. Um, it's hard yeah. to talk too deep into it right now, but I will have a Michigan version of that. Michigan State story. I guess I have to now. Uh, next week and some other stuff. Some other that. stuff too, and so we'll Colton and Austin. So we'll have much more on that. But there are other things going on here in the culture ball. Yeah, man. yeah. Let's. Um, we got some. We got more questions yeah. to work through here, Nick. Uh, we got one from Graham Couch. Oh, good. Uh, What's Graham? football question for Brendan? Can you explain a cover two defense? Ooh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Now, Graham, I know you think you're hilarious. <laughs> he just says thanks. Thanks. <laughs> 
All right. But let's like hear any it. other red, any other red-blooded American, <laughs> I did grow up playing Madden. Oh, look! And at the that. cover, D, the cover too. Isn't that just when everyone covers like their area of the field, basically? Well, I mean, it's zone coverage, so you do have that. Zone. You do have that correct. You've right. gotten that far. right. Cover two is two, <laughs> two. So you got the two safeties, two, two in the back, yep. two, two safeties high, in the back, and then go up and take the two tops. Right, so you've got yep. two up. They're they're side, yeah. and then the you've field. got your if you've got three down linemen or four down linemen, and then so you've got four three linebackers cover two, the middle, and then two cornerbacks, five underneath. So you've got. Well, I don't under. I, I mean, and then it's zone, zone, zone. Give zone, zone, give me a zone, goddamn zone. headset. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's zone coverage. Here. So we d- we drew yeah. it, Graham, in air. <laughs> Did I get the numbers right? Five, seven. Well, yeah, whatever. However it goes, so it's the underneath two over the top, and the underneath zone's covered more or less. No. It's a detail Graham, that you Graham, can, Graham, Graham can explain to me the one two two press because he's a dick about basketball. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. Love you, Graham. All right. All right. What else we got here? We've got a Tennessee, uh, Tennessee question for you there. <laughs> Somewhere. You want to get into that one? Oh, a friend of the pod. Coach. Yeah. Coach Stefani checking in. Oh, nice. To, ask, to request a sidebar on Ole Miss, Tennessee. Oh, baby. As a former resident. I, now, here I, we go. As a former resident of Knoxville. Covered the balls. I mean, I woke up giddy on Sunday morning to read the takes <laughs> and and to hop on Twitter and to see uh, what was in the aftermath of, of that debacle at the end of the game. So anyone who didn't see it, there was a 20-minute delay at the end of the Tennessee game uh, for the ball fans. Lane Kiffin was uh, bad. So. Littering the field yeah. in, in now, was that the first time mustard Lane's bottles. I don't think so. I, think so I don't think so. But anyway, he's been back as a head coach. Anyway. Um, it was probably the first time that uh, he brought a uh, damn near top yeah, fifteen right. Ole Miss team into Neyland for a night game, that was which to be them. Yeah, right. <laughs> you think it's a good idea for Michigan, Michigan State to play at night? That's the worst. Idea. Go watch the uh, Ole Miss Tennessee game. Yeah, all right? right. Nobody needs to be drinking for thirteen hours and then going into a vitriolic atmosphere like that type of game. So, uh, preface here. I love Tennessee. Mm. I love the state. I love the people in uh, in Knoxville. I love the fans. I do too. I, I loved my, going. Everybody I ever met when I lived down. My there. time down there, Great man, people. it was it was the best. I love. They them. love their team, um, man. They love their team. A little too much. And oh, baby, <laughs> the end of that game. I mean, so here's the thing: when shit like this happens at Tennessee, yep, they default to. Listen, everyone else in the country, you can't even comprehend yeah. our passion for this team. Right. So we go overboard sometimes. And then they say it's a small portion of the fan base. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta love that part. <laughs> Just a small section. Small portion. Yeah. <laughs> small portion. <laughs> we, are, we are more passionate than anyone is in the world about anything that's ever been invented. Short, short of like, I don't know. War. Terrorist groups. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and uh, and that's the explanation. Yeah. Every time. Um, it's kind of. But when it happens over and over right. again. Yeah. And, and there's just these things that happen around Tennessee, which are. I don't know how much of it is a combination of just the horrible stuff that happens over and over there. They get built up and they get kicked down. They get built up and they get kicked down and you can only take it so long. And these are the things that happen when you are, you know, they still put 100,000 plus into that stadium and they haven't been good in forever. 
So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bad combination of disappointment <laughs> with uh, yeah. um with what is a lot of, I think a self identity thing because you know Tennessee fans like a lot of places their fans they self identify oh god yeah right yeah. like they are balls all the way right? and everything that means and when yeah. you when you don't get any payback right. for that it, it it'll drive you crazy and that's what happens down there mm. and it's a bummer because uh it would be great to see Tennessee just rip off sure a goddamn 11 and 1 season and they i mean that would it would be a party unlike be wild. I've seen yeah. but man this was this was peak balls on this one in terms of just the the absolute yeah madness well, and it wasn't a it wasn't a 15 fans there were hundreds <laughs> of drunk people throwing shit on the field and which also led to conspiracies that, that there were old miss fans yeah. who were also throwing things on the field which could be i don't know that's but fine <laughs> at the end of the day there was a 20 minute delay in a college football game that is not normal no. that does not happen no. uh the pride of the southland band <laughs> oh god which was founded as part of the school's military department, right. it, it like, and was born into the ROTC. General Neyland, a band with a military roots, they had to retreat <laughs> from the stadium because they couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Cheerleaders blocking their heads with their signage. Smokey the dog, poor Smokey, getting hit with black velvet had bottles. To, had to be saved. <laughs> now, okay, someone. <laughs> Uh, Adam Kramer, I think, tweeted this. It was a very good tweet from uh, Kegs and Eggs. Uh, someone brought that golf ball into the stadium that day. 100%. Uh, with full intent to throw it. Um, yes. And he's pro- he or she is probably not the only person who did something uh, like that. And I think that that in itself is sort of... Uh, that you expected something that bad <laughs> to happen that... You were going to be like, I need something to throw at Lane Kiffin before he went into the stadium is a problem uh, on its own. And then, I mean, the second problem here that you mentioned earlier, the drinking outside and the tailgating is one thing. But, like, what are we doing selling beer in college football stadiums, folks? (laughs) This is not the NFL. This is not a professional sport. Uh, These states and these schools in these states have got to stop acting like this is an NFL it's not. It's not mm-hmm. a professional sport. You've got to stop selling it as that. You've got to stop packaging it as that. You've got to stop selling booze in the stands to kids. <laughs> stop it. It's not a pro sport. It's not. I don't care if people react to it like a pro sport. I don't care if their fans are more passionate than they are in other places of pro sport. Stop taking advantage of it. It's not a pro sport. These things won't happen when you treat it like a college sport. That's what I would say. It's ridiculous. Mm. You put up with it. You allow it. Like That's why those things happen. That's why those things happen over and over and over again because it's allowed... And it's, you know, it's leadership. There's no other way to say it. It's got to be it's terrible leadership by everyone involved at Tennessee. And it has been for 20-some years. Like, there's, it's brutal. And I do feel bad for all those people who, you know, I know there's probably a ton of great people who are donating money and time and everything else to try to help get that sure. thing kick-started. And including the guys on the field. You think those kids out there want to have, see that shit? Over and over again? Every single, di- every single time they go into the stadium and play a game, it's an anxiety attack. Because they don't know how the entire about, state's going to react to it. Like, what the hell's going how about on? Parent, how about parents of recruits? Not recruits. Why would you ever go there? Recruits. Like, why would you ever want to go there? Like, I, you know, like, that's what you're presenting. And I don't blame the fans for having anger. I blame the administration and the school. Because it's like, you guys take advantage of these people. You're, you're charging them $12 for 36 Bud Lights in the stadium. Getting them hammered. 
and then yelling at him to stop throwing golf balls in the like get out of here making horrible decisions and this game should never have been at night yeah making horrible staffing firings and hirings over and over and over i mean like no that's what I would say. Stop blaming the fans and start blaming the goddamn school because that place well, now, is a but mess. But now the folks at Tennessee are going to tell you, Nick, okay, well, right? You carpetbagging yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> that, you know, maybe you should be blaming the referees. I probably right? should be these, blaming the referees. Because can we get some referees? Referees, right? They had bad marks, bad placements. I mean, they probably did, to be fair. And they did. They did. I watched these other games. Some of the officiating was bad. It's everywhere. It's horrible. And the the league, you know, the the league issued a statement on the oh, uh, God. the statement on the on the on the fans and fined the school two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure they never no. issued a comment on the on the referees no. though. Yeah, right. Uh-oh. You know. Yeah. Uh, but my whole fa- my favorite thing in the whole ordeal. Did you see the uh, the debacle with the radio guy and Pat Forty? No. What happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> so good. So radio good. guy. Uh, Brian Rice, oh, no. who is a. Uh, a radio personality for in Tennessee. Tennessee, and I know I've known I've known Brian for, since I was yeah, down yeah, there yeah. in uh, Knoxville, there or Nashville. Yeah, I think Nashville? he just got a little bit too fired up. Yeah. You know, a little too fired up. It's <laughs> a late night, man. <laughs> Brian said, "You know," um, and Brian's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I think he just went a little off the well, rails you know, on I mean, this one, and it and it and it just ended up being something that is now going to be screen grabbed into Tennessee lore. Oh God. And he basically said, you know, these national voices who pick on the actions of a few fans mm-hmm. and use it to paint all of Michigan or all of Tennessee as story these lunatic yeah. idiots, right? You know, and that's not fair. And, you know, to a degree, it's yeah, true. But, you know, on this night, oh, I'm pretty sure everybody. That's not yeah. <laughs> probably not the hill to die on on, on this particular yeah. night. Maybe right? next if week. If you want to say, you know, the people who were. Right. Burning couches, you know, and lane left or whatever. It's just like, yeah, that's just drunken nonsense. Who cares? You know, your average Tennessee alum doesn't care, right? Whatever. Yeah. But he then proceeds <laughs> to say Pat Forty is banned from WNL, oh. whatever. W, w, WN? Wait, I was. Uh, I used to be on the on the network. He's banned. The sports animal in Knoxville. Oh, I've been on the sports animal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Couple times, I think. Oh damn! I used to have Pat's banned uh, from the sports part, animal. Oh shit, that's not good. Banned, oh. and Brian says, "This is." I'm sorry, Brian, <laughs> if you hear this, that I'm making fun of this, but this was incredible. Brian says, "I will quote literally bite anyone at the network who has him as a guest on the show." <laughs> ESPN? No, oh. on on oh, the sports the, animal. Okay, the sports animal. I he thought will he meant fight the affiliate. Them, okay. If they have him, and I'm sure this was a hyperbole, but he said uh, literally, so that's long night that's in Knoxville. Of a bit. <laughs> long, long night <laughs> in Knoxville, man. But uh, it was incredible. I also, God. I've had sources say that Pat's already been he's been back on onto, yeah. the, onto the network. <laughs> like so yeah, you figured know. so. It'd be um, fun. Those guys are all everything yeah. could be fun. I love it, man. But I do. I love the SEC. <laughs> I love this shit. I think it's all in great fun. Like. I'm not making fun of them. I think it's it is literally what makes college football as amazing and stupid. Yeah, and hey, lean, I, and I said earlier, treat it like a college sport, not a pro sport, and I mean that. You can right. lean in and you can do things to make it special, and you can do all those things that you want to do and like blow it up and hype it up and all that. But it's not a pro mm-hmm. sport. Like, stop with the booze and all this other like that stuff. I think that's part of it. You know, I do. I, I don't even... Do they sell booze at Neal I think State? they do. I think I read that several times yeah. that they were selling beer in there. They were one of the stadiums 
I think that sells that sells booze in there. I guess I should probably look that up. If they don't, we'll take that out. But like, I mean, I stadiums have started doing this in you know recent years where they're experimenting with sales and all this, and it's just like, why? I don't know if it's liquor, but like, right? Yeah, well, here it is. Uh, they sold. They started in two thousand nineteen. Uh, nearly a 1.5 million in beer sales in Neyland in 2019. So, yeah, so, some places and have they, started to do where it. Where else are they going to get 1.5 million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> to burn, like you know what I mean? To just to just yeah. throw away yeah, whenever they fire their next. How, how the hell else are they going to pay Butch Jones <sighs> to sit on the couch unless yeah, like what's the sell some beers? What's the budget line there? How many former head coaches are still on the uh, payroll at Tennessee? Oh, like seventeen. I mean, like Derek Dooley might be still getting paid for all I know. Yeah, well, tough stuff. Good times anyway, in Tennessee, but I love you. I love you, Vols. Always a very special place in my heart. I love love Knoxville and all my friends down there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come back down and have a pint at the jig and reel sometimes during basketball season don't get any I do need an excuse to get back down there don't get any uh golf balls from it your way there uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask brian if i can come on the air the street. uh okay let's see from ryan uh for nick what's a better chance of happening Cade mcnamara having a second half resurgence a la jake rudock or jim harbaugh turning the keys over to jj mccarthy hmm What's more likely to happen? Give me give me some odds. I would say that's a tough one. I don't think McNamara is going to have a Rudock second half. Um, because I think Rudock was a much better player and older than all those things than McNamara is right now. I don't think that's going to happen. But I also don't think that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to bench him. I don't get that sense right now. I don't get that. I think it's going to take a lot for him. To be benched, and I'm wondering, like, is he going to be that bad? He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Like, I guess that's my, you know, like, he doesn't make a lot of, like, horrific mistakes. Sure. Uh, he makes mistakes, sure. but not mistakes that you can't, like, get out of or you can't sort of, like, get back even to. He doesn't really erase them, but he doesn't make them that they're so bad. That's a tough question. I, I don't think he's going to have this, like, explosive second half, but I don't know if he'll get benched either. I'll tell you, I was read when I was reading your uh, how can Michigan State beat Michigan piece, and you said you know the the key will be kind of funneling Michigan's offense and yeah. basically forcing them to be reliant upon a pocket passer. Well, okay, you know if, if they achieve that successfully in the first half and basically stifle yeah, Michigan, right. and you're in the locker room and say, all right, well if we're gonna have to re- be reliant on pocket passing, right. do we need to use the better pocket passer? Okay, well that's the question that. There, will have to that, be asked at that time. I mean, right, I think that that's right. something that maybe goes on the board, and that's that's something to be interested in. I think typically in this game over the years, um, Harbaugh has brought out stuff that we haven't seen from him in the in previous game weeks. They've saved things for Michigan State, uh, whether it be saved stuff with Peppers. Uh, they've done different stuff in the in the read game over the years, little tweaks to the mm-hmm, offense that they mm-hmm. haven't shown in, in other games. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw something different from J.J. McCarthy in that game that we haven't seen yet this season. Not at all. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, that this he talked about that a lot when he first got here. That um, Harbaugh, that is, about how much he used to talk about how much he respected D'Antonio, the job D'Antonio did at Michigan State, and fix you know, kind of getting it to where it was. But also, sure. his he really liked how he pushed the buttons at the right times, and he always had something for that game. And Arbaugh 
to his credit, I think has always also um, had a little something. Maybe some people would like it to be more, but you know, I, I do. Right. I don't think I'd be shocked if we saw a little something different. I don't know if it'd be big different though. You know, that's the one hesitation I have because typically it's not a massive change. But good question. I don't know. I don't see him having like a. I don't think McNamara is going to blow up for like two thousand yards in a six-game stretch here, though. You know, I don't. I don't see that. Don't see that happening. So. I think you're gonna. Your best hope is to sort of ride out whatever you've created here and hope it just keeps getting better together, uh, kind of as it goes. I love this question from uh, Chris Mutnansky. I'm hoping that's right, Chris. If Michigan does well, say nine or ten wins, will they bring back their version of Star Search? <laughs> Star Search. <laughs> Search for the star. I think signing of the signing of the stars needs to come back. No way! Man. I think you got to retire that forever. I would never oh. bring that back. That is entitlement <laughs> city. You can't bring that back. No way! And this program has to be the opposite of everything that was. I think that was a moment in time and an idea that sort of worked once, did not work a second time, and was left where it needed to be left forever. Is what I would say about Here, ladies and gentlemen, is a marginally good college quarterback sitting next to Tom Brady. Yes. Yes. Ric Flair in the house. Man, what a time to be alive. Star search. That's a hell of a... Pretty good. I like that. Well done, Chris. Thank you, sir. Search. Yeah, I think I would leave that in the... Leave that in the bag. we got a basketball question here from Casey. Brendan... Why is Purdue so hyped? Do they think they can play both big men together this year? Nick, it seems like Michigan has a ton of three-star recruits. Is that because of a lack of seasons? I don't know what he's saying here. Or are they striking out on four stars? Let, answer the question about Purdue there. You got your uh, Big Ten hat on. Casey Mitchell, why is Purdue so hyped? Yeah, well, uh, I would encourage you to go read my state <laughs> of the program that I uh, wrote on our friends at Purdue. Um, yeah, I mean, they have... They have a lot of high-end talent when you look at, um, I mean, two two legitimate first-team all-Big Ten candidates in Travion Williams and uh, Jay Nivey. I'm probably not telling anyone things that they don't know. But, you know, I think in terms of why is Purdue being looked at as a legitimate Final Four contender, um, yeah, I mean, they won 13 games in the league last year once they kind of figured things out a little bit. And... Uh, I don't know what's not to like. I mean, they have depth. The, the big question are, um, you know, just how big of a jump forward does Jay Nivey take? You know, is he a, does he become a legit All-American? The last time we saw him out, he was dropping 26 in the NCAA tournament. Now, it was a loss to North Texas, but nonetheless, um, you know, his play in the FIBA, nine, the FIBA U19, was it? U18, 19? 19. Um, this summer, I mean, he was... Look like the best player on the floor at times. He's he's a dynamic um, scoring guard in a league that doesn't have many dynamic scoring guards. Um, you know, Travion Williams is Travion. I know the big question is if they're actually going to play him and Zach Eady together. Um, I don't know if you know who Zach Eady is, Nick, but he's kind of a, the latest in Purdue's string of seven guys, foot four yeah. behemoths, right? So you know, in the past they didn't really play these guys together, right? They didn't. They wouldn't play Juwan Johnson yeah. and Isaac Haas together and so on and so forth. But, you know, when talking with Matt Painter this summer, he's thinking about it. So I don't – but I don't think their ceiling is dependent on if those two can coexist. It's going to be how much do you get out of the collective. So, 
you know, you you give give Matt Painter a really good eight deep roster. I'm going to probably bet on you to yeah. be pretty damn good. Probably one of the 15 best teams in the country. So um, I picked them to win um, the Big Ten this year. Um, I don't know. I, I but really to me, this league is put Illinois, Michigan. Purdue in a hat, pick a name yeah. any day of the week, and might as well make that your pick. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shared championship. Um, maybe it will be Illinois and Michigan, and everyone can, um, you know, sing Kumbaya together. Michigan have to give them uh, their share, though, to make it even. Right. It'd be funny, though, if for some reason Illinois can only play 19 games. Okay. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that they have, on paper, um, the experience and talent that very few teams can can claim. Yeah, and if yeah, and if Painter has anything of note, it's usually uh, a pretty safe bet that it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean the biggest concern would be that like oftentimes the most highly regarded preseason Purdue teams are the ones that disappoint the most. Yeah, but know, when they get down to it, I kind of the knock. That's kind of the knock on this program, but. We'll see. We will see. I mean, there's certainly some things to be worried about, you know. We'll see. Got one from Derek here, maybe before we get out of here. Uh, not related to either. How much of the, and this is a Edo. We told you we'd get back to old Orgeron here. How much of the firing of Ed Orgeron was lack of performances from the last two years versus scandals versus staff squabbles? And I asked this question because it gives me a chance to pump uh, the story that Brody Miller wrote. Um, I don't know if you've read that. Mm-hmm. Did you read that? Woo! The best thing I read on the whole sordid tale, by far. Um, one of the best things I've read on a coaching change ever, uh, to mm-hmm. be fair. My God. <laughs> I mean, like, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about people have got to stop giving these guys all the things in the world that they want. I mean, like... Go read Brody's story if you want to know what happened at LSU and why it was a disaster and why it surprised absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. But the person who signed the $17 million buyout, I guess, or whatever. So, right. do you have any thoughts on that front? But, uh, the fu- you know, the thing read, about go, it is, go like, it, if you go back and you chronicle, read the chronicles of Coach O's Man. career... None of this is stunning. No, not at all. None fact, of this it's is stunning. Expected. It's almost like yeah. Gotta figure this so, out. happen. keep giving these guys, you know, keep giving people jobs, you know, based because he's a hell of a recruiter, You've right? That's why, that's why Odron got that job. He's colleges. That's why Odron got the job. He's one of the best recruiters in the country, okay. and he fits at LSU personality wise. But you know, colleges have got to take away. Um, it's preposterous negotiating that. rights from agents. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, they they just have to. They have to bring in. Uh, or use their own in-house counsel or bring in agents or whatever to negotiate on the behalf of the school. Because this is insane. You are getting absolutely lambasted here. And all it would, Was he getting 16 Any million? lawyer anywhere would just be like, absolutely not. You're not getting that. And you know what? To the people who are right. like, uh, someone else would give it to them. Well, if everyone had an agent, <laughs> you know, like, maybe this wouldn't be right. so out of control. Like. If we're gonna pretend, yeah, who's it's, representing the schools in these things? If we're pretend you know, this is a it's pro just sport, like we like to do. Then you know, LSU's athletic director needs an agent battling with whoever the next agent is. You know, for the next coach, like that's how that has to go. It has to be. Two and people like to partners. say, "Oh, it's just market value for a national no. championship." <laughs> like, well, yeah, right. Okay, if if 
debil- putting debilitating debt on your yeah. athletic department for all the times you get it wrong, which you probably will. One night. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I don't think that adds up. Come I don't on, think that guys. adds up. Um, but LSU is probably going to give Jimbo Fisher $100 million. Well, it sounds like they might not might, might not happen. It sounds like yesterday. So oh, really? It might not be uh, the fourth go-around between the two. It might not. Uh, looks like that was reported by uh, Ross Stellinger, I saw it. So it doesn't seem likely anyway, but uh, Jimbo will be the guy. So going down the list, already down to number two. Now it gets interesting. Who's not? Who do you think number two is? No idea. I mean, I would think that you would probably take a look at um, the guy at Billy Napier, the guy at Louisiana Lafayette, um, the Raging Cajuns there, who's been really good and turned down a bunch of jobs and stayed there. Um, Is the Brady kid going to turn them uh, turn them down? Brady kid. Oh, you mean um, Archie Manning's kid? No, 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 no. The dude who uh, was the offensive coordinator for the team. I don't know. I mean, is he ready to be a head coach? Is Carolina lighting up the NFL? I don't know. (laughs) The answer is no on the latter. I don't know about the former, (laughs) but like, so yeah. I mean, they got lightning in a bottle. That's what they got a couple years ago. We've talked about that. Like, anyone acting like that was anything else was lying or leaning into it in the moment and just, like, drunk on something. I mean, they had an NFL offense. All of those guys are in the NFL. I just watched all and of them on all Sunday. they're like, some of the best <laughs> players in the NFL. They're not just in the NFL. They're Like, that's the difference. People have to start noticing that. Like, look at I was all these draft that picks. The... There's a difference between a good draft pick and a bad draft pick. LSU had, like, all the good ones that year. All of them. The lions Bengals. It was, like, eight LSU I'm sitting guys. there. Joe Burrow is throwing to Jamar Chase. I'm like, that was that was in the college. Yeah, last week. <laughs> yeah, right. So no they wonder. were really, really good. They had a lot of stuff going. It wasn't sustainable the way they were doing it. It was all dynamite and whiskey, it seemed like. And that's – you can't build a football program on that. You know, it was just – it just seemed very chaotic. And that was, like, sort of the appeal almost at the time, that they were going to grind their way to – a title or it was going to implode along the way or maybe it would implode after but it was going to implode one way or the other you know it wasn't going to end softly I think that was sort of the usually does yeah that was sort of the uh, vibe from that one but and the thing and what matters most is that at the end of the day all this all hell's breaking loose at LSU they got to hire this guy they're getting rid of this national championship coach they're doing this they're doing that in the back corner of that athletic department Will Wade still just straight chilling <laughs> already gotten AD fired for trying to fire him for being a cheater. Drawing up plays, <laughs> making phone calls, getting kids, getting five stars. So, just yeah. LSU's keep a, on keeping on, man. LSU's a weird place where people like to just ignore things and uh, look the other way. So, if you want to go down there, that's your that's your decision, I guess. Fair. I don't know. It's fascinating, though. We'll see how it goes. I, I really don't know. That's a job that is very unique, right? Like, I, I think the fit has to be Really good. I don't. I don't know if Mel Tucker is a great. When the offer is when the offer is eight and a half million dollars, and you don't have to leave this state, Mm -hmm. you don't have to leave the state to recruit. You don't, (laughs) and that's the difference, I guess. Pretty. But you do have to jump through a lot of weird hoops for a lot of weird people out there in the bayou. So, (laughs) sort of is what it is. Comes with the territory. I don't think anyone would necessarily uh, disagree with that either. Fair. Anyway, very good. All right. Well, let's leave it there, folks. Another banner day for the podcast. Uh, Nick, thanks for taking the time, bud. I uh, look forward to uh, your work the next week and a half, uh, as well as Colton, yes, as sir. well as Austin. Uh, make sure everyone of you out there, you are subscribed to The Athletic and follow along because uh, 
you know, insert some expression of football people. They're letting the horses out of the barn. Is that what people <laughs> say? I don't know. The barn, the wagons. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to uh, tip your bartenders and servers. Good night. <laughs>